0: Welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. This is episode 14, and as always, I'm your host, Yusuf. This will be a fun, but somewhat controversial episode, so I'm going to warn you guys now. I'll be entering some deep water, but I'll swim carefully. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. The Lakers now lost two in a row, Saturday night to the Pelicans and Monday night to the Grizzlies. They're two games below 500, and their playoff hope seems to be getting bleaker as the losses pile up. So like I always do, let me break this down. Now if you're a new or returning listener, I said that in episode 12, if the Lakers didn't manage to get Anthony Davis at the trade deadline, then that locker room would be awkward. And I think that's a factor in what's happening right now. And look, I get it. Trade rumors are tough to be mentioned in. Now, if you're listening, maybe you're an employee somewhere. Could you imagine if you heard rumors about downsizing or mass layoffs? I'm sure you would be impacted by that. But like they always tell you, you can't let it impact the quality of your work until anything happens. It's business as usual. That's just how it's designed. You work while you have a job until the objectives are met. And that's what the message should be in the Lakers' locker room. You could just tell the morale for that team isn't the same. Brandon Ingram, for example, he just does not look happy out there. The same can be said for LeBron James. I'm not a psych major, and I don't know what's in his heart. But from what I'm observing, he doesn't seem very happy out there right now. And overall... It's been a very weird season. It started with the suspensions to Ingram and Rondo for fighting. But then they overcame that and became the fourth seed. And then suddenly LeBron gets injured and he misses 17 games. They fall to the eighth seed. Then the trade rumors happen. Now they fall to the the tenth seed. Now will they make the playoffs? It's going to be very tough for them. But I believe they still have a chance. Now, I said from the summer when LeBron joined, and you can go back and check the receipts, that they will be anywhere between the 6th to 8th seed. I didn't predict it would be this tumultuous, but I just knew that they didn't have a great team surrounding him. Now, the media always likes to play the who can we blame, who is at fault game. But the truth is, almost everyone is to blame. So I'm going to start with the head of the snake, Magic and Rob. They didn't surround LeBron with enough talent since July to actually compete or surround him with talent that fits his style of play. Now we're in February going into March and the same team they had in July is almost the exact same team they have now. Plus they dropped the ball on the Anthony Davis trade. Now let's get to Luke Walton who is a lukewarm coach, pun intended. (laughs) But look, he's not a good coach, and it's showing. His rotations are trash. Lonzo Ball is injured, and Rondo still isn't starting. Now, Lance Stevenson, who's probably been one of the bright spots for this team, and is one of the few veterans with playoff experience, didn't play the second half against the Grizzlies, and isn't getting much playing time in general. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. And you could tell the players don't respect him. And Magic wants him gone. I honestly believe that Luke Walton is just counting down the days at this point. But it doesn't stop there. So let's continue. Injuries are a factor in this. LeBron was out for 17 games. Which in the 82 game season doesn't seem like much. But for a guy who rarely gets injured. It's pretty shocking. The only thing I'd say for him is that he should have tried to keep things calm during those trade rumors. Look, whether it's fair or not, and I'll let you guys decide that for yourselves, people assume that LeBron is the agent, the GM, president, and the coach. So that has to mean that he was pushing for this trade, right? I don't know. You guys decide. After the Rockets game where they won last week, he said, I love my squad. But he should have said that much sooner while the trade rumors were happening. I mean, people still would have called him out on it anyways and said, oh, he's being fake or he's being phony. But people have a problem with everything he does. But I do believe that it would have improved the morale in that locker room. Now, speaking of agents, Rich Paul, he's partially at fault in this as well. Him and Anthony Davis should have forced a trade all the way back from the summer you don't wait 10 days before the deadline to make an announcement that big and then try to do a deal of that magnitude it's just not possible they should have done it from the summertime and they should have forced the Pelicans hand now for the rest of the team aside from Rajon Rondo because he was battling injuries and he's been fairly consistent they need to get their heads right now like I said earlier I feel for them because the trade rumors and all the uncertainty that it creates, it can be tough, but at some point, you have to get over it and focus. You have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs, and you have the best player in basketball. But it seems these guys would rather focus on playing Fortnite and using Instagram than playing basketball. When LeBron questioned whether or not basketball matters to them, I actually laughed because I tweeted on February 12th that his teammates would rather play Fortnite than play basketball. Now, of course I was partially joking, but of course I meant it as well, because clearly it's not only me who's making that observation, but their own captain is saying the same thing. So the Lakers have a few more easy games left on their schedule, but if they lose their next two games, I think I'll have to reconsider their playoff future. The attitude and their style of play has to change. I doubt things will change drastically since the personnel will be the same, but they at least need to go back to playing their brand of basketball that they were playing before December 25th when LeBron went down and the wheels fell off. That's the only way I could see things stabilizing. Anyways... I'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more. In a game between the OKC Thunder and Denver Nuggets, a kid recently hit Russell Westbrook in the middle of a game, and in true Westbrook fashion, he had something to say about it. Now this is what he said, and I'm quoting here. He hit me, so I told his dad, Be careful, man. You can't have your son just hitting random people. I don't know him. He don't know me. So just letting him know, you've just got to control your kids. For all fans, though, there's too much leeway for the fans to be able to touch the players and get away with it. And then you can't react and do the things that we need to do to protect ourselves. But I can't do nothing. What am I going to do? Hop in the stands? But there has to be some type of rule or some type of boundary set that you can't allow that. Now Westbrook is absolutely right. Now before I get into it, does anyone else notice that it's always Westbrook having these weird interactions with fans? It happened in Utah where he said fans were talking about his family and then now there's a situation with this kid. It's kind of like the law of attraction where you resist persists. Anyways back to this, he's right, fans shouldn't be touching the players, verbally abusing them or throwing things at them. Do you remember the brawl in Detroit, the malice in the palace? That all started because some dumb fan threw beer at Ron Artest. But in general, I do believe that the NBA has weak rules and pretty weak security. It's the only sport where fans can literally sit close enough to touch the players. In football, they have stands. and hockey, they have the glass. You know, I'll never forget. There was a game between the Knicks and the Pelicans, and a kid literally ran on the court to hug Carmelo Anthony. Now, Mello, being the nice guy that he is, he hugged the kid back, and then he had security take him back to his seat. But seriously, though, where are the parents or security to stop this? It's unacceptable. It's dangerous for both the fans and for the players now with this kid hitting Westbrook I gotta give Westbrook credit he handled it so well now on a side note Westbrook is a really classy guy you never really hear anything negative about him on road games he stays in his hotel room and he either FaceTimes his wife or he just watches basketball he's not caught up he's actually a great role model and that's one of the many reasons why I respect him Now anyways, after this incident happened, he spoke to the parents gently and he let the kid know, it's fine, just don't do it again. But you know what really pissed me off was the parents' response. They're just sitting there smiling. Now maybe they were in awe that Westbrook was talking to them, but it's not right. They should have apologized and then security should have escorted the kid and both of his parents out of the arena. You pay to watch a game, not to touch, hit, or insult the players. And this kid, he looked like he could have been in Diary of a Wimpy Kid, okay? (laughs) And his parents did a poor job at that moment. They didn't even look embarrassed or remorseful. Even the kid, he didn't look like he did anything wrong. You know what it reminded me of? You know when you go to a store and you see a kid misbehaving yelling, touching, or just throwing things, and the parent is just standing there watching. That's basically what this was. Westbrook had to discipline the kid for them. Now, I kind of think this speaks to a larger issue. Many of you might think I'm reaching, but I don't think I am. (laughs) All right? We're living in an age where there's a lot of keyboard warriors and social media thugs. And they think they can say whatever they want about athletes, celebrities, and public figures, and there's no consequence. And I think this has convinced some fans that they can go to games and they can get away with the same thing. And of course you can't. Now, I don't believe that players should be retaliating or hitting fans. But that's also why I think the league needs to intervene. These players can't defend themselves, like Westbrook said. So if you want to boo a player, go right ahead. You want to put up funny signs or pictures that aren't inappropriate, go right ahead. But when it gets personal and you discuss their family, their spouses, or you start making racially insensitive remarks, or you hit players, I'm sorry, you have to go. And the arena security should have escorted that kid and both of his parents out of the arena. Anyways, we'll take a quick break. And I'll be right back with more. Alright. Now here we go. I didn't want to discuss this. But I'm going to anyways. Who knows. I may even regret it. But Jesse Smullett, Who plays Jamal Lyon on Empire, lied to police about getting attacked by two Trump supporters. Now, 21 days after the story broke, we find out that it's all a hoax. After he sat up there on Good Morning America, and he told the live audience during one of his performances that he's the gay Tupac, it was all a lie. Now, to be honest, when the story first came out, I had my doubts. Now, don't get me wrong. I genuinely believe that hate crimes do happen, especially to black people and those who identify as LGBTQ. But unfortunately, many of those incidents don't make national news. But I had my doubts because if there's one thing I learned living in the social media age is that when something is trending, it's good to wait for the facts. Now I get it. We live in the instant era instant messaging, instant food, instant deliveries, instant results, and instant reactions. However, I believe in waiting for the facts and details to emerge, and then I form my opinions. Now, before getting into the story, I'm just going to take you guys on a trip down memory lane. Do you remember in 2012 when everyone wanted to hashtag Stop Kony? Now, how did that go? A couple of weeks later, one of the guys who started the movement got arrested for indecent exposure in public, and then we suddenly forgot to stop Coney. Or what about last year? That kid Keaton who was crying about getting bullied? Everyone rushed out to defend him on social media, but I waited for more details to emerge. It turns out, little Keaton's parents posted pictures of them waving the Confederate flag and he was going around school calling kids the N-word. So I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Anyways, back to Jesse. It turns out that he lied so he could get a pay raise. Now, I read on Vlad TV that he earns about 20,000 per episode, but I also read elsewhere that he was making $65,000 per episode. I'm not sure which is right, and I really don't care. I'm just telling you guys this for context. Either way, what he did was wrong, and it's greedy. And racial tensions are really high right now. And for him to manipulate that for his own personal gain is shameful. Now, apparently he was upset about what his co-stars were making. But now he's facing jail time, and he may get kicked off the show. So was any of this worth it? In the words of the great DJ Khaled, congratulations, you played yourself. But with everything that I just said, I don't believe he should go to jail. Now, my initial reaction was, yeah, sure, throw him in jail. He committed a crime. But after I thought about it critically, I don't think he should. Now let me give you guys my perspective on where I'm coming from. In 2014, Ronald Ritchie of Ohio called the police and in his own words said that a black man was pointing a gun at people inside a Walmart. The man he was referring to was John Crawford and the police came, they shot and killed him. After they investigated, the police found out that Ronald was lying. He wasn't pointing a gun, but in the end, Ronald wasn't charged with anything. It went to a grand jury, and they decided that he shouldn't be charged with anything. Should he have been? Absolutely. But he wasn't. So, why Jesse? Now, I'm sure many of us see videos on social media with police being wrongfully called. Remember last summer, the lady who called police because people were having a barbecue in the park? No charges were laid for that. Now there's something in the justice system called precedent, and that usually tends to supersede laws. So yes, by law, what Jesse did was illegal, but there is a precedent showing why he shouldn't be imprisoned. Now even though he did something irresponsible, I just hope that as a society, we don't undermine hate crimes when they happen, because it is a real issue and it happens far more often than we think. But I don't think he should be imprisoned. Fine, sure, maybe even give him community service, but jail time, I do think that's excessive given the circumstances. So after this incident, I started to wonder, you know, what does it mean to misuse police services? Because that's all I've been hearing. So I decided to look it up and here's what I found. So some lady called the police because her house developed and this is what she said verbatim, a heartbeat. Her house developed a heartbeat. It turns out her neighbor was just playing loud music. Also, a man called 911 to say that he identified a UFO. It turns out once the police came and investigated, that UFO was just the moon. Now these instances led to police showing up and it being deemed unnecessary. In the end, in both cases, warnings were issued and no charges were laid. So why Jesse? That's just my rationale. I think I was able to navigate this water smoothly. Anyways, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.